Guys, welcome to our Saturday morning training today. So as you know, we have the legend Troy in, um, who's one of my own sort of coaches, mentors, and I've known him for coming up to a year now, I think. Um, he's also chicken nugget eating champion, um, amongst many other things. So we're going to go through unlocking your potential, leadership, and all those good things today. So I'll put myself on mute. Make sure we're um, interactive in the chat box as well. Um, I imagine it's going to be quite interactive as like normal normal things, yeah? Um, so, yeah, any questions, anything that Troy asks you to take part in, please put it in the chat box. And I'll shut myself up, make sure everybody else is on mute. And Perfect, James. Thank you. Uh, guys, thank you for your time and being here. And thank you for this opportunity for me to speak to you. Uh, like James said, that it's going to be unlocking your leadership. Um, and it's quite interesting. When James asked me to do this talk, I was thinking, how am I going to deliver this? What is it going to now be? Because I'm used to talking to other coaches. But ultimately, leadership is multidimensional. It fits in every category of being a person and not just the job role that you have and that's what we're going to go through today there's going to be some like james said some interactions something that's going to require pen and paper just for you to get the most out of this call but ultimately by the end of this talk i want you to be crystal clear on what it means to be a leader for not only you yourself your family your friends uh, but also at work as well but i'm just going to share my screen now with you guys i'm excited to do this one here so james has probably heard a ton of what I've got to say in regards to this talk now, um, but I'm here for you as opposed to him, which is class. So in terms of unlocking your leadership, what is leadership and what does it mean to be a leader? So in terms of what is leadership, ultimately leadership means having the ability to influence other people. And through influence, that's based on leading yourself. And it's also about you helping other people make the right decisions in their life as well. And then what does it mean to be a leader? Well, in my eyes, there are two things in this. There is a difference between leading people and being a leader and being a leader means that it's a status thing it's an authority thing but actually leading others in my opinion means leading by example which is the first and foremost leading yourself in particular now with your fitness journey with now triathlons with as ben mentioned to me just previously then stepping out of your comfort zone and really showing the way of what it means to now step out into the unknown and have that courage to do so so here's just a couple of words which i put together in regards to what it means to be a leader. So I won't run through them here, but a lot of them is now direction, courage, influence, responsibility, humility, perspective, integrity. And pretty much we're just going to dive into a couple of these words through this talk. But first and foremost, I just wanted to show you a little bit about myself. As James mentioned there, I'm his coach at this moment in time. I have my own coaching business for others as well outside of coaching but I just wanted to show you here here's some of my leadership roles within my life so on the left hand side there I am a leader for myself this was me on my fitness journey first and foremost first COVID hit me pretty hard I then got into shape and that was me stepping out of my comfort zone becoming the best version of myself next is one of my clients for my gen pop coaching businesses I'm a leader within that realm the third one is my little brother. I'm a leader for him. I carve the path so he knows the directions to go and hopefully he can then far succeed me in terms of whatever that now looks like. On the far right, that's my girlfriend. I am the leader within our relationship. Oh, I, I would like to think so a lot of the times. Uh, and then at the bottom there is the coaching that I work with James in there as well. And then I am the leader within that sphere as well. So there are many dimensions. So if you're on this call now thinking about maybe I'm not a leader, I don't have a job which requires me to be a leader or whatever else that may be. 
there will be people in your life right now which follow your lead, whether you know that or not. There are going to be people in your life that look up to you to now see what is capable for themselves. And just simply because I was talking to Ben before the course died, Ben, you're a prime example, mate. You just said to me that at 38 years old, you are the fittest you've ever been. You've stepped out of your comfort zone for reaching out to James. And then to now do a triathlon coming up, mate, like that is huge. There are going to be several people in your life and no doubt everyone else in the call that are looking up to you going, wow, after it. Like you said there, you felt you've, you've started late off the blocks. There's one element. Oh my God, I'm also the same age and I can now potentially do the same thing. And then adding on to the other things you're doing, which is absolutely fantastic. So again, the reason I was saying that is because everyone has the capacity to be a leader. I was not born a leader. And there's two ways you can do this. You're either born a natural leader, you're put in that environment and you are molded in a sense and you can give yourself into a leadership capacity naturally, or you can develop your skills as a leader. And that's where I've come from. And that's why I've shown you some of the elements of my life where I'm a leader there. When I was in primary school, I had a best friend called Matthew McShane. He was the leader of our group. He was the shepherd, we were the sheep. When he wasn't in school, we had no idea what to do with ourselves. Then when I went into high school, things got a little bit better. I was a little bit of a middleman, bit of a gray man, didn't really belong to a group. So I, was, I wasn't a leader in a sense, but I was finding my own feet. In college, I found my fit a little bit more, but then in university, really came into my own as a leader. I'd been hanging around with the right people, modeled their behaviors from leadership and what it meant to then step forward, to have courage, have discipline and all these things. And I gathered it all up. And in university, I sort of got my foot in right into the leadership role. And James has heard this story before, but pretty much I was a very reckless leader in university. And what I mean by that is on Wednesday evenings was our student union nights when everyone was a bit like, ah, I don't fancy going out tonight. I was the first to rally everybody up, get them into the communal areas and say, listen, guys, and give a 10, 15 minute motivational speech as to why they need to be out on this night out or why it wasn't an option to not be out. And again, that's me being a reckless leader to some extent, but again, influencing others in a, what I thought at the time was a positive manner, which it was a good time. And then to now me being here to deliver this talk to you guys and um, hopefully you can see um, I'm progressing as a leader with my delivery on this, which is cool. So I just want to first start off with three leadership mistakes that I have personally experienced and also see um, outside of myself as well, which hopefully you can take a lot from and potentially resonate as well. And the first and foremost is lack of this authority within yourself. Now, this is uh, not only for yourself, this is also if you have family, if you have friends, if you have uh, work or your own business, that lack of authority is going to impact your leadership. Ultimately, I showed you a picture of myself before when I was out, uh, out of shape, relatively speaking, from the first lockdown and then into shape. That was me transitioning from the lack of authority to myself then to having full authority to myself. And the way that translates is that when I was quote unquote, out of shape in that first lockdown, I wasn't training, my nutrition was on the floor, my energy was tanked. I was asking my clients to do certain things which they weren't following through with and I couldn't work out why. And ultimately, I didn't have the authority within myself to pass on that truest word to them. They could sense that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, so therefore they couldn't. And as if by magic, when I started prioritizing myself, putting my energy back on the map and things started traveling upwards, that's when clients as if by magic picked up and the same happens within your work the same happens within your family let's say you're the head of your family 
and you're asking your kids or your wife or your husband to do certain things and maybe you know they've not got that back in to do so your first place to look is whether you're doing what you need to be doing as well the second is falling into old habits now with being a leader like i mentioned before courage is one of the first and foremost things influence is the second and in order for you to have courage to lean into new habits and keep on track of them having the dis discipline the, the commitment and consistency to keep forging them new habits is a true leadership role it's pushing them boundaries it's stepping out of that comfort zone and this isn't to say that we're not slipping all habits from now and again time after time because that's normal we're humans but ultimately we need to keep moving that needle forwards and then finally last one the comfort zone the dreaded dreaded comfort zone this is the probably biggest one, in my opinion, is staying in that comfort zone. We now need to imagine that our comfort zone is a circle, very much like the picture on the screen. The circle is your comfort zone. We now need to try and expand that comfort zone as far as we possibly can. A lot of the time we see the comfort zone as something that potentially comes to us as an opportunity. And then we step into that opportunity to expand the comfort zone. But ultimately, you can create your own opportunities to expand that comfort zone. For example, Something that I do, as an example, is in terms of cold showers, I will get a cold shower every single morning. Don't get me wrong, I will wash in a hot shower first and foremost. I'm not a complete lunatic. Then I will turn the cold shower on. But ultimately, what I've been doing over this past year, 2022, is January, I had a 30-second cold shower. February, I did 45 seconds. March, I'm currently doing 60 seconds. And my aim is to get to two minutes by the end of the year. And so that's me now having a metric to me expanding my comfort zone. I know every month my comfort zone is expanding. And it's not now about the cold showers. Yes, they wake me up. I feel fresh afterwards. But it's about that mental resi resilience that's going to build as well. It's about building calluses on the mind so that when you voluntarily step out of your comfort zone, when involuntary challenges and hardships come along, you're going to be a damn sight better prepared for them as opposed to if you've been brought up and raised in a plastic bubble wrap environment and then a hardship comes along we're not going to have that mental capacity and resilience or physically to deal with that hardship so now it's about expanding that comfort zone to expand yourself but also be prepared for what life is going to come and be thrown at you as well but the four foundations of leadership these are the four key pillars of what i feel make a great leader and again i'd love to get some of your thoughts and opinions on this and what you feel would be great so in terms of the first point is your values. And again, this works in a family capacity, in a business capacity, in a fitness capacity. And pretty much we've got a pyramid on there. And what this means is that with your values, your values work in a values hierarchy, meaning that whatever your highest value is, is going to be the point of that pyramid there. And that is now going to be the arrow and the direction of where you want to be traveling within your life. For example, my highest values are Self-development is going to be my relationship and also my business. They're my three highest values. So whatever decisions I now make in life, they have to be in line with those values. And then whenever I'm struggling with anything to do with business, when it comes to my fitness journey, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to anything, I then connect the dots of my highest values to that challenge to ensure that, one, it's in line with what I'm supposed to be doing with my higher purpose in life. And two, that it's going to make sure that I'm going in the right direction and I'm making the right decisions. So what we're going to do now, guys, is just spend the next three minutes 
linking your highest values to your biggest challenge at this moment in time. And Ben, sorry to pick on you again, mate. I'm going to use you an example. You've got a triathlon coming up, mate. There's going to be times guaranteed, as you're fully aware of your training for this, where you're not going to be asked. You're going to potentially want to throw in the towel. It's not going to be your day. And you're going to think, why the hell am I doing this? It's so difficult. That's going to either be before getting training, during training, maybe even after training. But ultimately, what we're going to do now is we're going to find your highest value and then link it to those challenges so that when you are faced with them challenges, you can think, okay, I'm doing this for more than the triathlon. I'm doing this because this is now going to prove to my family that I'm the leader that I am and I want to pass on that messaging to them so they can then have the confidence and the courage to then step into their challenges as well. So just some questions to consider for this if we've never really dived into the highest values of yours at this moment in time is. To find this out, where do you invest your time, money, and energy most? Because wherever you put your money, time, and energy, that's what you value most. For example, I don't really value clothes. I don't buy a lot of new clothes because it just doesn't mean anything to me. I could walk down the street wearing the same jumper and the same pants all day, every day. It's not an issue for me. It's not a highest value for me. I don't put time, money, or energy into it. But when it comes to coffee, I have a 500-pound coffee machine. I buy 50 pounds worth of beans every single month. A lot of my time, money, and energy goes into that. So therefore, that hobby is a very high value of mine. So again, maybe even quite a surface-level example, but the harder I work in my business, the more money I'll generate, the more money I generate, the more coffee that I can have. So an example of that there, that is how we link that. And then again, what is now most important to you? Think of this question, what's the first thing that comes to mind? going to be the kids? Is it going to be your pets? Is it going to be uh, your partner? Is it going to be your work? Again, that is one of your highest values. And then three is, what could you not live without? What would life be unbearable without it being in your life, either day to day, week to week, month to month? Again, my life would be nowhere near as good if I didn't have the coffee there. So again, another highest value of mine as a hobby. So again, just now thinking about what the highest value is and how you can now connect the dots of it. Just like I did with the coffee example there. So whatever challenges you're currently facing, whatever you feel your current biggest challenges, you just now need to lean into that and think, okay, how is this now connected to my wife? How is this now connected to my car? What again, whatever it is you feel is going to be that. And there can be as many points linking that value to your challenge as possible. Again, another example, I know me and James will be in the same boat for this, is posting on social media. Nobody wants to do that all the time. Am I right, James? So therefore, if we're struggling to post on social media for content, our thought is, okay, my highest value is now my business. If I post on to social media, I may get now more clients. If I get now more clients, I can earn more money. If I earn more money, I'll then be able to help more clients and have a greater impact in the industry and on other people. So therefore, those are linking because mine and James's highest values are business and impacting people's lives in a positive manner. So just now having something to consider with that. Second, your standards. And pretty much your standards are your expectations of yourself. And the challenging part of standards is our standards are completely different to other people's standards. I could not possibly hold James to my standards and he could not possibly hold them to my, me to his because that's unfair to both people. So with your standards, just making sure you know where your standards are and where you can place other people with them as well. But ultimately, your standards 
impact the quality of your life. Your standards will tell you what you're willing to tolerate within the world. So for example, I've got crazy OCD. I'm, I'm a clean freak. I don't tolerate certain items or spills on the kitchen table because it just drives me crazy. So my standards are that needs to be wiped down after anything has been put on there. Again, that is the quality of what I want now within my cleaning life, if you like. Again, here now, your finances, your relationship and your physique are the reflection of your standards. So your expectations, again, are your standards. So what are your expectations around finances? Some people may have the expectations that as soon as money comes through the door, it's going to go back out again on food, on clothes or whatever that may be. Or are your expectations with finances that as soon as it comes through the door, I'm going to now save 50% of it into a savings account. The same in relationships. What are you willing to tolerate with a relationship? I'm sure all of us in here have been in a less than ideal relationship at one point in our, in our lives. And again, that's down to you tolerating that person being in your life. It's tolerating keeping them there. And then again, with the physique side of things, what are the standards you hold for that? Because ultimately, it's what you're tolerating and the standards you have. If your standards are not setting an alarm clock, not having consistent wake-up time during the week, then you've not got habits in place that then going to impact your training, which is going to impact your nutrition and everything else. So just now reflecting on what your standards are for yourself and what the expectations you want to be carrying through day to day. And here's five things which I feel will improve your standards. And again, not to say all these will work for everyone or all these are right, but this is just my opinion and my experience of them. To improve your standards, there's two of these things that I know everyone on this call is currently doing at this moment in time. And the first is the accountability. That's why you're here. You're, you are having James hold you to a higher level of accountability. And that is what a coach is here to do, which is absolutely fantastic. And I know James is an incredible coach as well, so you're in exactly the right place. Number two, expanding your norm. This is just like the comfort zone. Expanding what your norm is. And it sort of coincides to number three, which is now circle of friends. I'm a true believer that you are some of the five people you hang around with. If you hang around with five smokers, you're going to become the sixth smoker. If you hang around with five gym goers, you're going to become the sixth gym goer. And just now being super careful of who you are hanging around with day to day, week to week, month to month. And if someone isn't serving what you want to be achieving in life, then that's okay because it's their job to close the gap. You are here now. The reason you're on this call now tells me that you're here to grow, step forwards, expand and become a better version of what you're currently being today which therefore means you're elevating and rising through your life. You're stepping forwards. And if people are here in your life and they can't close that gap, that's their job. You don't come down because if you're going up, you're going up. So they need to raise their standards and meet you where you're at. Four now is experiences. This is positive and negative. Negative experiences will allow you to see a clearer picture of things and show you what you don't want within your life. Positive experiences will do the same. They will show you what you do want in your life. For example, a couple of years back, I had an online coach myself and the experience was terrible. It was absolutely abysmal. And what that did for me was reset my standards for my own business. And I was like, okay, I've experienced this, well, seemingly negative at the time, which I'm now turning into a positive I know experienced this level of coaching, which I do not want as a standard. I do not want people coming into my business and feeling this way. I want to be feeling up here. So now from that 
negative experience. I've now crafted and molded the standards within my own business, which has elevated them. And then number five, your beliefs. What's the narrative you're telling yourself? What do you believe about yourself? What do you believe you're worth? What do you believe you should be having or shouldn't be having in this world? I think that's a huge one there because we all have this story playing in the back of our minds about where we are, where we should be, and what we should be doing, what we should be receiving, and what we should be tolerating. Ultimately, then beliefs need to change around that. That comes over time. It comes over experience. It comes over the reflection pieces, which I think is hugely powerful. So we're just going to align, align standards at this moment in time. So what I mean by this is in terms of boundaries and non-negotiables. What are your boundaries within life and what are your non-negotiables? When we talk about boundaries, this is the external expectations of the world. For example, I'm in my office here now, and then I've recently discovered that I can work in a two-hour block. If no distractions whatsoever, I can get crazy amounts of work done in a two-hour block. The problem that I have is that my girlfriend, Kirsty has a terrible habit of coming in every five minutes and telling me every single thing that she's thinking. So my boundaries are to say, listen, Kirsty, I'm going to spend the next two hours in the office. Please just don't come in because you're going to disrupt my flow and it's going to uh, disrupt the work and I just need to get everything done. That's a boundary that I've now put in front. That is now viewing it as like a chain link fence is your boundaries for other people and the expectations you're now setting for them. So again, what are your boundaries? What are your standards and expectations for other people? And again, putting them in line there to protect your energy. 100% James, I think it's a, I think it's potentially a female thing which is cool. Um, and so, yeah, what are your now chain link fences around your energy, around your work to ensure that you're okay to serve yourself, to then be in a better position to serve others. And then in terms of non-negotiables, this is for you. Non-negotiables are inside of you. Again, like I mentioned there, the cold shower for me, that's a non-negotiable. Yes, there are days where, well, in fact, every single day, I do not want to get that cold shower, but it's a non-negotiable because it's got that higher purpose. It's from a physical sense, it's going to wake me up a lot sooner because I'm terrible at waking up. But the second side, like I said there, it's building them calluses on my mind. It's making me more mental resilient so that when I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z out of that cold shower, I'm in a far better position for it. So again, what are your boundaries right now for other people? And what are your non-negotiables for yourself day to day? I think it's super important to write these down and I work with a lot of coaches and they always tell me their boundaries and their non-negotiables, but a lot of them struggle to stick with them. And I say, well, have you ever actually wrote these things down and kept them somewhere where you can view them? Because it's so easy to say, oh yeah, this is my boundaries. These are my non-negotiables. But saying it's easy, but actually sticking to them is a second thing. So make sure we're absolutely crystal clear on these in order to now make sure our standards are where they need to be. Number three, your energy. This is the biggest measure of success for what me and James do for ourselves and for everyone as well, I do feel. Your energy is everything. It starts with you. A lot of people, I've noticed, tend to try and manage the world around them. And they'll think, okay, if I manage my work, I manage my relationship, I manage all these things, then I'll be in a much better place for energy and to serve myself. But in reality, it all starts and ends with you. So the more you can manage your energy the better position you're going to be in to then manage the rest of the world. So your energy is absolutely key. And this is a quote I heard a while ago, which absolutely changed the game for me. Manage your energy and not your time. When you manage your time, we are put into a box. We're put into a frame where it has to be done in this amount of time. 
But if we're not there physically or mentally in terms of energy, then it's going to be subpar work. It's not going to probably get done on time. But if we now work across on energy as opposed to time, we're going to be in the right position to get that work done in the right amount of time, with the right amount of effort. So whenever you come across a task now, if you can, rather than say, do I have time for this right now? Just say, do I have energy for this right now? For example, for James, if one of you messages James at 7 a.m. in the morning with a huge challenge that you need support with, would you now rather him reply to you there and then, be reactive and just reply to you instantly? Or would you rather him now take an hour out and not reply to you so that his energy is in the right place so we can then give the best version of himself so we can support you to the best of his abilities? I think we'd go with the latter. I would much rather someone with me when they were in the right place to serve me as best they possibly could, as opposed to a knee-jerk, instant reaction off the back of a message. And the same goes for you. Where in your life now are you going to manage your energy as opposed to your time a little bit more so? The same with this. Intensity wins games. Consistency wins championships. It's easy for us to think of the short term, but ultimately we want to think of that long-term game now. For example, I've had clients in the past that just want to absolutely blow the back doors out of the gym when they first start. Right, I want to train seven days a week, three hours a day, or whatever that may be. But as we all know in this call, we need to now stagger that training. We need to have the whole process needs to be on a consistent basis. We now need to control energy throughout the days, throughout the weeks, throughout the months, throughout the years, as opposed to having short bursts of energy, burning ourselves out, and then having huge bouts of rest on the back of it. And a question for you, what are your warning lights? Everyone on this call will have probably experienced extreme fatigue, potentially burnout, days, weeks, potentially of just meh, can't be arsed with anything. I'm just not feeling right. And ultimately, if we're driving our car down the road and your dash looks like this, with the check engine light on there, tire pressure lights, brake lights, whatever that may be, first thing you're going to do is pull over and probably find the next garage to get it sorted out. But the question for you is, do you know what your warning lights are? Do you know when you've psychologically, emotionally, physically had enough? For example, the one of my first warning signs that I need a break, that I'm pushing too hard, I'm working too long, I've been training too hard, is that... I get a little bit antsy within my relationship. And the missus is a fair place where the first to tell me when the warning lights are on. She'll see them before I do, to be fair. So that's one of my warning signs there. A second warning sign of mine is that I can't concentrate for more than half an hour. I'm trying to be on the laptop, 45 minutes go by, not done work, hours gone by. I'm just there, just staring at the screen. That's a warning light that I'm going too far. I'm going too fast, potentially. So again, I encourage you now, just find out and think, what are your warning lights? What is it that happens within your life that is telling you that you've gone too far and you need to take your foot off the gas? And then this is something that I delivered to my guys a couple of weeks ago, is identifying your energy drainers and boosters. So in the morning, in a.m., as soon as you wake up, what boosts your energy? And then same for the p.m., as we know, a lot of us on here probably have like an afternoon lull of energy from maybe like one till three in the afternoon. We could do with a bit of a nap, maybe an extra coffee. So your PM boosters, what boosts you up in the PM to make sure that, again, that consistent 
energies rolling through. This is now about you not only being for work, for your training, but your family as well. With your energy, are you going to work, giving your all at work? But then when you get home from work, what energy do you then have to give to yourself, to your family, to your friends? Because I've been there before, particularly in jobs I've not enjoyed. I've gone to work for nine, 10 hours, and then at the end of the day, I come back and my only capacity and worry is to just binge Netflix and sit in front of the telly until I go to bed and go and go back to work again. So just now keeping in mind, we want that consistent energy across the day. We want the same level of energy at the beginning of the day, as close as we can to the end of the day. Because in my opinion, and I hope a lot of you agree in here, is that the biggest level of success is what's happening after work. How are you turning up for yourself, for your training, for your families and your friends as well? So just making sure that AM boosters, PM boosters are there. And then now on the converse is what is your AM and PM drainers? What's currently taking energy away from you in the morning? What currently takes energy away from you in the, in the evenings? So you can now do your best to avoid them. And again, this isn't just this isn't me saying now we 100% have to get these boosters done or 100% avoid these drainers, but just having that level of awareness and shifting 1% in the right direction. For example, AM boosters for me, beautiful cup of coffee, cold shower, 30-minute walk in sunlight and fresh air. If I get them three things done, energy is sorted till about two in the afternoon. PM booster again for me, another 30-minute walk around about one o'clock. That'll sort me right out. Hydration throughout the day. In terms of the drainers, my AM drainers, my rule for me is for the first hour of the day, I'm not looking at my phone. For the first hour of the day, because whenever you look at your phone, no matter what is on that phone, you have to be reactive to it. You have to respond to that whether you physically respond to it or mentally respond. If you get a message that needs your attention right away, if you don't message that, you're still thinking about that in the back of your mind and you've not quite woken up yet. And that sets the tone and that sets the momentum for the rest of the day. So just now considering your AM and PM boosters. Communication. This is my favorite topic. And this is, this is the juicy bit of the talk, if I'm honest with you guys. Communication is everything. And what I've now done here is broken down some of the coaching principles that I have and use and now put them down into a way that you can use them in everyday life, whether that's at work, whether that's with the family or whether that's with yourself as well. So five tips for you to become a better communicator because I truly feel that communication is everything, absolutely everything. So first and foremost, as humans, we all want to be heard, understood and respected. That is vital for communication. Every communication that you have with someone, there has to be dignity involved with it. And the first part of call is to be heard, understood, and respected. And the way we do that is to reflect back to people what they've said to us. In a sense, it's about soundboarding back to the person what you've heard and just wrapping up in an essence of what your feelings coming across. So just making sure that is there because that is going to give a level of respect back to you as well. That person is going to be way more engaged, way more inclined to open up to you, particularly in a relationship, particularly with a wife or with a girlfriend. So if you now say, if you have a conversation with your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, your partner, whatever that may be, and you show them they're heard, they're understood and respected, that is going to elevate your relationship massively. Number two is curiosity. And this is particularly now whenever there is a 
challenge coming your way. Again, whether that's in work, whether that's with yourself, or whether that's in a relationship, enter every single challenge with a state of mind of curiosity. Put a curiosity hat on, because that's going to allow you to have a greater perspective, an open mind into what's happening, as opposed to a lot of the time we go in with an agenda. Okay, here's a challenge at work. We go straight into problem-solving mode. Okay, well, there's a solution, here's a solution, here's a solution. But that just puts our blinkers on. It's very tunnel-visioned. And well, just from my opinion, I feel as men, that is the biggest challenge we, we face. We are problem solvers. That is what our first thought of tra uh, train of thought goes to, is solving a problem. But ultimately, we need to be malleable. We need to make sure that we are moving and flowing with the challenge, with the conversation, and making sure that, again, it's that curiosity. Because if we're not being curious and we've got that those blinkers on and we're going in problem-solving mode, that means that we're just not necessarily seeing possibilities beyond what we think is necessary. Number three, focus on a person or not the problem. This more so with relationships. So, for example, if your partner comes to you with a challenge on their hands, 10 out of 10 times, they will come to you with a perceived problem and challenge and they will also have an emotion or feeling attached to that. And what we instinctively do is we will try and go to the problem itself and the challenge itself. But what we now want to do is focus on the person and the feelings and the emotions they've got, because that's where the real growth and change will happen. So I used an example of a day. I did it in a coaching context. If I had a client come to me and said, listen, Troy, um, I'm really struggling to get into the gym. I feel a little bit anxious about going to the gym and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how to do it. What, what's your advice on me now to go to the gym? And instinctively, we could go saying, right, maybe if you go at a quiet time of the day, or if you train in a quiet part of the gym, what if you do X, Y, and Z and giving these solutions? But ultimately, a lot of time, we've overlooked the fact that they've said they're anxious. And we need now to find out why they're anxious. So the questions you want to be asking is, well, what is it about going to the gym that makes you anxious? And then unraveling that because that will be the deeper rooted problem as opposed to the surface level problem with on that there. So the best way to now get around things like this, open-ended questions. What, when, who, and where? These are fantastic ways to keep conversations rolling, get people thinking, particularly the word what. If there's something that comes up in a conversation with you, <clears throat> a great way to start a question is what. What makes you say that? What makes you feel that way? And that helps the people think about the answer. It allows them to dive inwards and question what they're saying. If we ask questions like how or when or who, which are great opening questions, but if we ask them sort of questions, the person will reply with something they already know. So it's not helping them think or it's not thinking. It's just going to serve us so we have the information. Yes, there's a time and place for them. But if you really want to have a powerful conversation, get people thinking, then starting with what is a fantastic way to do that. And the most powerful words a leader can say, and I think this is, a, this is definitely something that men want to be taking away when it comes to relationships. I don't know. Very, very powerful. And very difficult for us to say. Easier said than done a lot of the time, especially in the heat of the moment. But ultimately, I don't know, it's fantastic because it shows vulnerability. It shows you're willing to 
fail forwards fast and it's just a fantastic way to get yourself across to someone that you're potentially not in the right uh, situation with at that moment in time. But, team, it's entirely up to you guys. I just throw this in here because I thought it'd be quite good. It's a communication exercise, which I actually did with uh, some of my guys a couple of weeks back, and uh, James wasn't there for it, so maybe this is now his chance to do so. Um, James, we feel we're good for, like, breakout rooms. Would that be okay with everyone? Perfect. So we're going to go in breakout rooms, two of you in a room, and what it's going to be is six minutes of a communication exercise. So one person is going to go first with three minutes, and then the second person will go second with three minutes. And the aim of the game and the one rule of the game is that you have to ask the other person questions, but the only way you can ask questions is based on what they've said previously. Okay? So you have to use, and this is now called leading by following. You are leading the conversation by following what that person has said previously. And again, if anyone here now is feeling a little bit uncomfortable, feeling a little bit, uh, when I said we're going to go in breakout rooms, that is you on the edge of your comfort zone right now. And this is exactly why I'm doing this. Not only to develop your communication skills, but to get you stepping out of your comfort zone this Saturday morning and to now expand your leadership capacity as well. So if you're feeling that, uh, good. This is why we're doing this. So again, three minutes for the first person, three minutes for the second person. Myself and James are going to be timing it. And the rule of the game is you have to ask them questions, but based only on what they've said there. So, for example, if you start, how's your morning going? Yeah, morning's going great, thanks. I've just had my coffee um, at the coffee machine. Okay, so tell me about your coffee. Where are you getting your coffee from? Oh, well, it's from da -da -da -da, X, Y, and Z. It's from Starbucks. Oh, Starbucks. I've been to Starbucks. Tell me a little bit more about da -da -da -da. And this is now going to be you challenging and testing your communication skills, your leadership skills, and everything else, which is cool. In terms of breakout rooms, James, Oh, I can do it on my end. Perfect. Okay. I'm just going to get these ready, guys. Just a quick one, mate. Todd's got COVID, so he can't talk well. So if you track him in a group so he can listen. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Okay. I'll just set these manually, guys. Bear with me. Ooh, James. Right. Okay. What we'll do is do three and things. We're going on there, which is class. Not only communication, development, stepping out of your comfort zone, but also now speaking to someone you potentially never spoken to before, which is awesome. Great question there. How do we find it? Rob, I'm going to go for you, mate. Tell me a little bit about that for you. Yeah, uh, speak, yeah. Um, yeah, initially out of my comfort zone, but then um, just purely because it's talking to someone you don't know as such um but fortunately it's something i'm relatively comfortable with talking to people once i get going um, it's probably the actual 30 seconds or so of oh who's this what do i say but then you just roll with it and just sort of find something to keep speaking off of yeah okay yeah no you did great guys really really good stuff um i'm just going to share my screen now just finishing up so again here's a couple of things that we've now just dived into and um, it's going to be purpose direction courage communication compassion particularly when talking to people and uh, full ownership perspective as well when you're now talking to people which is absolutely class before we end guys i would just like to know in the chat box what has been the most useful or helpful thing that you're now going to take away 
from this talk for your leadership, for your work, for your relationships? What is it that you've now taken away? It's all good and well as now being on here, feeling like we've been productive, listening to me for 50 minutes, but ultimately, what are we now going to take away and carry into the world? I want you to be improving on the back of this, even if it's by 1%. So you can either unmute yourself, chat box, what's been the biggest thing you've taken away from this talk, guys? Let me know. Standards for James, how to be a leader for myself, but also for family. Standards, boundaries, managing energy, not time. Perfect. Perfect. Team, I'm done with presentation. Has anyone got any questions? Or should I say, what questions do people have? Using values to direct goals. Yes, love that, Chris. Stop sharing the screen. Bang on. Any questions? Or do we feel we've got a lot out of this here? Have a job myself, guys. Have you found it, James? Oh, I've loved it, mate. It's like it's all the stuff that like we've we've gone through before, and um, all the stuff I know. But it's just to hear it from someone else. And I've spoken to Todd about this before. I've told Todd things in the past, but he's only gone and implemented it when somebody else has come in and said what I've already told him, um, mm. which he'll, which he'll say now because I've known Todd for a long, long time. And like to hear it from somebody else as well, it's it's refreshing and it's well, that person does know what they're talking about um, rather than just taking their word for it because it's come from someone else. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that goes for the same with uh, with relationships as well. <laughs> I think uh, Joe mentioned the other day in one of our calls that his girlfriend uh, doesn't really listen to him, but then when someone else goes around to the house and gives the same point of view, she'll be like, oh, yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> Back to that, I said that to Chris the other day. I'll give my girlfriend an idea. She doesn't like it. If someone else says it, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> So yeah it's, it's yeah, it's been really good mate. So anyone got any questions or are we all happy with what we need to do going forward? Um, if anyone wants to share some of the standards that they're going to set themselves, um, just chuck them in the box or bring yourself on quickly or later on today, chuck them in the group so that everyone can see and be inspired from what you're now going to do going forward. But I think as a little challenge, everyone tomorrow, get yourself in a cold shower. All agreed? Yes. Yeah. Again, when you're doing, when you're facing these hardships, when you're facing these challenges and these comfort zone moments, that is where you now need to think, okay, this is where it begins and ends with me. This is where the leadership starts. So what would now the leadership version of me do? What would the best version of me now do in this situation? And why am I now leaning into this challenge? If all else fails when you are facing challenges and hardships, whether that's personal, whether that's professional, whether that's fitness-wise, it's not necessarily about what's on the other side of that in terms of the outcome. It's more so about building up mental resilience as well. Just thinking now this challenge here in the gym, yes, it's all good and well. I'm going to grow and develop if I now push through this. The mindset is there. I'm not going to continue carrying on moving forward. So just keeping that in mind that every challenge you face, mindset, building calluses, mental resilience, first and foremost. For example, with COVID, if COVID happened again tomorrow and we all got locked down, I know for a fact because I've been doing cold showers because I push myself in the gym because I'm leaning into these challenges because I wake up consistently every day, even at the weekends when it's difficult, most of the time. I can then be in a far better mental position to then deal with that as opposed to if I had never done those things prior. And again, it's stepping into those challenges voluntarily to prepare yourself for the involuntary challenges that, are gonna, that were inevitable along our journey of life. So just keeping that in mind, guys. But finally, 
thank you for your time this morning, guys. Massively appreciate it um, and for the opportunity for me to speak, which has been absolutely awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, mate. Um, I'm going to put this onto the podcast. I'm going to put it on to load up, upload it to the group later on so everybody can catch up with it. Um, if everyone takes a quick screenshot as well, get that shared on your socials. It's at Troy Nixon Fitness, is it? T Nixon Fitness. T Nixon Fitness. So get that shared up, guys. Put up something that you've learned as well, just so we can share and inspire other people. Um, yeah. Any other questions, guys, you know where I 